In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for An understandable reaction to Jesus' exhortation to become a follower of His is that of fear. Because the raw material of the cross obviously is any form of suffering. Mental suffering that comes in the form of emotional disturbance, dark night of soul that could come in the form of a depression, moral suffering of feeling alone, feeling shame, humiliation, sense of failure, fatigue, physical pain. That's all the raw material of the cross. And an understandable reaction is that of fear. And what could add to being disconcerted is the collective attitude the saints have towards the cross. Now it's important to say towards the cross and not use the word suffering. Suffering and the cross are not synonymous, even though they're connected. We don't, a a pleasure is not a cross. But suffering is not necessarily a cross. I'm going to read a point from the way, from St. Maria, and this is sort of the collective attitude of the saints, which can put us on edge. The cross on your breast, good, but the cross on your shoulders, the cross in your flesh, the cross in your mind, thus Will you live for Christ, with Christ, and in Christ? And only thus will you be an apostle. That's the condition Jesus presents to us. Self-denial and picking up our cross. And that condition must have put his disciples on edge because... The cross has more of a theological meaning than an experiential meaning that the early Christians had. I mean, the cross was a current form of execution. And so, I don't know, maybe a comparable 
phrase would be, if you're not willing to die in the electric chair, you can't be my disciple. Or if you're not willing to receive a lethal injection, you can't be my disciple. You didn't survive the cross. And I don't know about you, but saints are very edifying, but ostensibly can be rather confusing and discouraging. To be honest, it's hard to understand a Teresa of Avila who asks for the cross. She said, you're on top of your game. This is my loose translation of the Spanish. You're on top of your game when you ask for the cross. But Lord, I'm not going to ask, if I don't mean it, I'm not going to ask the cross from you. But I am willing to look at this and I really do want to follow you. But I don't think I'm there yet. If you're there, God bless you. St. Jose Maria did ask for it. You got to be careful because you may get what you asked for. And he did. And reading his biography, it's one long stations of the cross his whole life. Things never get, got better. What's also disconcerting, another quick anecdote of the life of St. Jose Murray, he's doing his meditation in the afternoon and he's complaining in his prayer if the Lord is unhappy with him. Or is there a something between him and our Lord because he had not been blessed by the cross that day? Lord, we do want to embrace the cross and it is a mystery, but give us some light. There must be more to this cross business that the saints embrace than what meets the eye. Is it really possible that, I don't know, a St. Catherine of Siena or a Sister Faustina or a St. John of the Cross reached a point that they loved migraine headaches? Is that what the saint is? Or a saint looks forward to being insulted and denigrated. Lord, you've made my day again. My flight has been canceled. <laughs> I have that charism of having my flight canceled or... And if it's a good day, it's only delayed by three or four hours. I planned on arriving here Thursday evening, and my flight was delayed, and I arrived here Friday morning, one in the morning.
Were the saints impervious to physical pain? Or moral pain or mental pain? Of course not. Then it wouldn't be a cross anymore. Well, our Lord gives us a help menu. The miracle of the gospel is that it's addressed to everybody and being Americans here. He thought of Americans when he inspired his gospel. And we Americans, especially in the 21st century, don't want to do a lot of reading. We want a very concise help menu. And Jesus does give us a help menu on how to bear the cross. Especially in this audio-visual culture, we don't have the attention span to read too much. So here it is, three verses, if that. The help menu says the following. Step number one. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. So our Lord doesn't say, if you're suffering and you want to be my disciple, suck it up. Doesn't say that. He says, Come to me. Let's translate that a little bit more into our own lingo. Do mental prayer. Have some quiet time with me. And part of your prayer, not exclusive theme, but he's commanding us in a gentle way. Open up your heart. Vent. Complain. Unburden yourself. Tell him about your suffering. Tell him, and I tell myself, you're afraid that you're at wit's end, that you don't understand. Come to me. It's a gentle, loving invitation. It's a gentle command. And it's a little similar to the Gethsemane prayer, only in... The context of suffering, does our Lord say, come to me and watch? Here he's going to say, come to me and learn. So in that context, our Lord is saying there's a two-fold process when we are invited to the cross, come to him, watch and pray. We go back to Gethsemane, and Jesus says, pray that you not enter into temptation. What kind of temptation? Is it temptation to lie and to steal and to mug somebody? Not in this case. I don't think it has anything to do with the Ten Commandments per se. But it has everything to do with throwing down the cross. And that's what happened. The apostles who were with our Lord did not pray. They were overcome with sorrow, but they didn't pray. They didn't watch and pray. They slept and slept. And two of them ran away. Peter got it all wrong and thought he was going to solve a problem violently, and so he wields his sword and slices this servant's ear off, went for his head, missed his head, sliced his ear off. 
They arrest Jesus and the gospel says something very significant. That Peter followed him from a distance. And then he wound up falling apart when he was accused of being a disciple. So what's key here, our Lord says the first thing you need to do here is to pray. To speak with him. Okay, what else does the help menu say? And he, and he promises, you're going to find rest. Rest is an image of joy, of contentment, of peace. But notice he doesn't say, you'll eventually rest. No, you've got to come to me. And then he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I'm meek and humble of heart. This is also very significant. Because when we come to him and look at his cross, there's a transferal. It kind of enlightens us why the saints love the cross. It becomes, our cross becomes his cross. He bears it. He starts to bear our cross. It's part of the merits of the redemption that we're, we're never victims, even though there is a classical spiritual category in the history of Christianity called the victim soul. They have a special calling, and there are people who are called to that. Their full-time job is to suffer for the church. And St. Josemaria never wanted to use that phrase, especially for himself, because he says there's only one victim, and that's our Lord. And he wasn't saying it out of a sense of austerity or toughness or bravado, but what we could tra- transfer our suffering into his suffering. He says, learn from me. And he says, take my yoke upon you. I recall, this is generic, but I'm thinking of a specific person who was terminally ill. Make long story short, he became a very holy young man. He was in his late 20s. And I was summoned to the hospital room. And he was moaning. He was in his, in his last agony. And he was voicing something that you couldn't make out. And there was, his nurse was there. And his nurse, it's almost humorous, but his nurse had a, a paper plate of devil's food cake. And intermittently she would, hand, she would put the cake in front of his face. His name was Jimmy. Jimmy, I have devil's food cake for you. No pun intended. 
And he kept, she was making it worse. And she was a little bit disconcerted. I'm there watching, watching her say, come on, Jimmy, have some cake. Come on, Jimmy, have some cake. You know, I didn't mean to meddle in her profession, but I said, you know, I have a feeling he doesn't want any. I said, is it all right? Let, let me see if I can make out what he's saying. So I get close to him. And I said, Jimmy, what are you saying? Say it slowly. And I finally make out what he's saying. Cross. He's saying, I want the cross. And then he triggered a memory. I gave him a cross, a little pocket crucifix with a little encasing of soil from Jerusalem, which he really loved, but he lost it. So I took out my pocket crucifix and he says, this is what you want? And he became content. Poor nurse was completely thrown. <laughs> he says, this is what he wanted to look at. And basically her attitude was, whatever. Why don't you eat the devil's food cake then? <laughs> don't let it go to waste. And I would say this, the gospel came to life because he needed to see, he needed to transfer his pain into the cross of Jesus. He needed his cross to become Jesus' cross. We read on in the help menu here, learn from me, for I'm meek and humble of heart. Now we're going from the sublime to the ridiculous. But I think it's still a valid example. This is generic, but this actually happened. Generic, I mean it happened about 10 times. But I'm hearing confessions and I'm running out. Lady asks, do I have a minute, which is a euphemism for 19 minutes. <laughs> and, and said, uh, what advice can I give her? She's eminently angry at her daughter-in-law. That never happens, I know, but once in a while it does. And I have another activity to run to. And I said, well, oh, just, just move past it. She said, well, let me explain. I bring supper for her and my son. You know, when they have their date night, I babysit. I never forget her birthday. I send a nice card, I give a, a call. And, and she's a little bit cold to me. So I'm not surprised that she didn't send me a card. So I said, well, it's not a big deal. It's just a card. And then she said, all you men are the same. So I'm 
having a panic attack because I got something, I have another activity. I said, it's not worth getting all worked up. He said, well, I'm getting worked up. This is not fair. So I'm arguing with her. And then I finally said, you know, I don't know what to tell you. I just suggest that you look at Jesus on the cross and listen to what he says. Like his first phrase. She said, what what is his first phrase? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I put her, I stopped her in her tracks. And she said, well, that's the advice you you should have given me in the first place. Now I don't have a leg to stand on. Okay, I got it. In a humorous way, without making more of it than it really is, there was a transferal of her suffering into our Lord's. Learn from me, for I'm meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. No suffering is fun. Humiliation is not fun. Someone giving us the cold shoulder is not pleasant. Being brushed over or passed over can be painful. Learn from me, but we need to look, that our Lord does gently command it, that our God, who deserves infinite homage and adoration, his dignity is infinitely higher than any creature. They spit in his face. They spit in our God's face. They made fun of him. They ridiculed him. They took his clothes off. They dressed him up in a king's costume and laughed at him some more and then crowned him with thorns. Now, either we learn from him or we don't. Either we share in a small way in his passion, or we don't. He had that sense of failure. And sometimes we're let down. Everybody's human, everybody's weak, and people we love could even let us down, disappoint us. We have to remember who, that that certainly was the case with our Lord. And here's sort of the clincher, and this explains a lot. We need to ask for faith. And you will find rest, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. That's, now it can make sense. Now it makes sense how a saint could embrace the cross 
and also you and I, because God only gives us the grace to bear the crosses of the present moment. I don't have the grace to die in a Colosseum in ancient Rome mauled by wild animals. I don't have the grace now, so let's not let our imagination go. But I don't know if I could handle, you know, some agonizing illness. Well, you don't have it, so you can't. You know, try to handle the traffic jam, right? Uh, try to handle the interruption or the doorbell ringing when you have three full-time jobs. We only have the grace for the present moment, and he says, my yoke is easy and my burden light. And it kind of explains, last anecdote, quick, I'm going to have to give the cliff note version. Uh, Pope Francis declared a teenage woman venerable. There's a venerable Monse who died in the late 50s, in 1959. She died at 17 and a half years old. Kind of normal, I guess, Spanish teenage girl, makes a retreat and she's almost sent home because she's using one of the beds as a trampoline and, you know, silence was not her strong suit. Long story short, she, you know, as a lay woman, as a high school girl, senior year, whatever, or the comparable to senior year, gives her life to Christ, totally. She's a tennis player, plays the guitar, kind of cool. And, you know, this is in the 50s, where medicine, at least regarding cancer, was very primitive. Oh, she went through terrible pain. Her leg was just a gaping wound, and they had to dress her wound every day, and it was terribly painful, would reduce her to tears. But you read her biography, and people would flock to this girl because she was so funny and cheerful and grateful. Was she odd? Was she weird? No, she watched and prayed. She meditated on the life of Jesus. She transferred her cross to his. My yoke is easy and my burden. He's not saying your yoke is easy and your burden is light. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Because I start to bear it. It becomes mine. I bear it. You tag along. You participate. You share. You don't bear it. You share it. You participate in it. It's a mystery, but not total darkness. We go to the Blessed Virgin Mary. In a way, she only Mary could identify her sufferings totally with her son, because that was her son on the cross, and she would have loved to have traded places. And so she suffered as well. We ask Mary, pray for us, especially during these days that initiate Holy Week, that I watch and pray with my prayer life and my actions.
I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.